everybody, and welcome to another episode of Upon Further Review, recorded here at the Live Action Comic Studio. Ow, ow, ow. What's ow. up? Today we're going to be talking about that feel-good movie, Schindler's List. Oh, I loved it. Butterflies <laughs> and rainbows and unicorn farts all over the place. <laughs> so who is on the show today? Shalom Elachem from Amy Cordova. Nice. Britta Jones. And Gary Jones. And I am Noah Kinsey. Very All right. Nice. Welcome back, everybody. And oh. welcome to the show. Welcome, for Britta. Welcome, Thanks. Britta. Yay. My cute little wife in the corner. She's so Aww. cute. She's like, guys. I want to talk shit about movies with you guys. Well, Sounds like, All right. Cool. Well, welcome. We're happy you're here. <laughs> Thanks. I could have chosen a, a better more happy movie oh to watch. My God. <laughs> right? Oh, you this wasn't was a rib tickler mm. for you? <laughs> oh, if I get choked up during this thing, don't I judge know. me. This was a tough oh, yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. Are you a pretty crier? For sure. Um, no. I, too. I don't think anybody's like, a pretty crier. Like a half hour before I got here when I'm wrapping it up, I... <sighs> Dude, those last God. like okay. twenty minutes. Spoiler alert for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just right. no, that's yeah. fine. That's Half fine. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm a, mm. I, I get involved in movies too, so I, I and I'm not even Jewish. No, yeah, you don't have to be. You know the thing is I with would, me. Yeah, it's not like I feel nothing. I'm not Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to me. Somebody's coming in. They're like. I didn't get it. <laughs> right. What the fuck? Motherfucker. This wasn't for me. That guy's a serial killer. <laughs> right. He probably murders yeah. a lot. See, unlike you guys, I'm not an actor, comedian, anything. I'm just regular girl um, who works in the film industry, and I don't like getting touched emotionally. I just don't like it. <laughs> I don't I like my don't feelings. Like I don't like feelings. I don't like it. Oh, I'm no. not comfortable with it. Amy, will you uh, show us on the doll where Steven Spielberg touched you? <laughs> <laughs> She's like this. <laughs> Points right to her heart. Right. To her heart. I just turned on my heart light. <laughs> She's like the Grinch over there. Her heart grew three sizes bigger <laughs> that day. Yeah, that was the only thing that grew <laughs> watching this. Well, I'm so confused <laughs> by what else could possibly grow, but that's okay. Oh. All right, before we get into this, <laughs> this is going to be a this fun one. Knee guys. slapper. Uh, Amy, have you seen any yes. movies lately? Um, let's see here. I recently uh, catch was catching up on Black Sails. It's a pirate genre on stars. Uh, on stars. I don't know if you have you guys seen it at all. I no. saw the first season. Uh, nope. Good. It's really good. Nice. I like that era. I love it. I love all, everything about it. The historical aspects, the costumes, the the location. It's just really amazing how they. Um are able to capture the essence of, you know, 18th century Nassau, Bahamas, you know. It's amazing. It's really amazing. The acting is good. What's Plus it called hot again? People. And hot people. And hot people. There's nipples. <gasps> there's <Lots>. penis. <laughs> um. Penis. Um, she do, she did a double take on penis. It's <laughs> called Black Sails. Black Sails. Right. It's right. like supposed Black to be sales, the yeah. prequel to Treasure Island. I think it is Ooh. because it's a lot of the same characters. Cool, yeah. I've read Treasure Island like three or four times as an adult. Nice. I just love it. I just love everything. It's about a good it. classic really movie. Yeah. Or er, really. story. Story. Yeah. The story is really amazing. So the new season that you caught up on is good. Yeah, it's really good. It's like buckle up because every episode has something. You're like what? That has to be such a, an expensive show. Oh, my gosh. They film it in South Africa, and they have to relocate all of these uh, British and, you know, American actors that, you know, aren't based in South Africa. It must be Well, I really feel like that's not even as make. expensive as in the first season. There was an episode where <laughs> yeah. uh, they were they were tying up one of the sh major ships to, like, trees. 
And it was like, holy shit, yeah, how much yeah. would that have cost to I make know. that? Because it's like I literally, it's not CGI or anything. It was yeah. like a literally practical, practical like you could yeah. hear shit the, that was I mean, huge. I mean, like, they did it crap. editing. Like you could hear the wood snapping on the on the shit. It was crazy. Yeah, crazy that's pretty shit. cool. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's the really good the attention show. to detail they put in is pretty amazing. Yeah, nice. Very much. All so. right. Anyway. Honey. Honey. Seen any movies or anything? Well, first I we got to watch it. <laughs> I saw a part of Jerry Maguire for the first time in oh. like a year. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant first time ever. Oh, no. Definitely. How did it was up? it? Yeah, I was going to ask. Um, actually, super good. Yeah. Yeah. We just got maybe like in the first act. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But actually, it was really good. I forgot that Tom Cruise is a good actor. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, he was. It was. I. Yeah. Very believable. Mm-hmm. I forgot who I was watching and just right. got into the story. It's not Tom Cruise from Legend. It's not. You know, Tom Cruise. <laughs> you go way <laughs> back to Legend, exactly, because well, that's the last thing I remember him in. <laughs> Me too. Oh gosh, did Everyone anyone see, see that? that? Legend. Yeah. Yeah. I have oh, it. Yeah. Should I see it? Yes. Yeah. If you want to get high and have a weird night. Yeah. It's so strange, but it's, it's worth it. It's very yeah. strange. Was it 80s, Tim Curry? Early 80s. Something G- like Tim that. Tim Curry yeah. plays the, the demon. Oh, the demon. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. The, like the fake Hellboy. Pretty <laughs> 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 much oh, it looks that's like. right. Yeah. I remember that. Weird red guy. Yep. Yeah. With the it's pretty great. The... It's all about the unicorns. Like the last unicorns or something oh. like that. I don't remember that part, but it's prancing around good. in tights the whole time. Pretty much, uh, Tom so. Cruise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with Looks long like hair, Peter right? Pan I think so. the whole time. I haven't oh seen. I mean, that one when doesn't he? No. Wow. I would just want to know. I don't remember. Does he run in that movie? Because he pretty yeah, much runs in like everything. Yeah, he's slow the motion. I would call it prancing. Fair enough. That's before he perfected the art of running. Yeah, and it's pre-couch jumping. Yeah, Jerry Maguire especially pre-couch jumping. So we. That was back in the days when we still had a little bit respect for him. Oh. I still love him. I, do I just too, have man. to say, I love him. I, I love his movies. Okay. But after watching, but I will say, like, j- yeah, Magnolia. After my, watching Magnolia, I was like, fucking good job, Tom Cruise. Good and I, I love but. Jerry Maguire, and I saw it recently too, and just thought it really, oh, really held up. You know, it kind of feels like two separate movies. At yeah. one point, it's almost like a two-parter. Right. It doesn't follow like the three-act structure, really. And it turns into some weird... At some point, it turns into like a romantic comedy. Yeah, like in a some domestic drama. Yeah, exactly. And then it comes back to like... Yeah. yeah but it's, it's great. But the movie that, for me, that convinced me that he was just a phenomenal actor was... Have you seen Vanilla Sky? Most people hate it. No. Uh, Is that the Kubrick no. one? No, 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 no. no. That's that was Cameron Eyes Crow. But there's a scene with him and uh, Cameron Diaz in a car. That it's just so simple. It's just the two of them in a car talking. And there's some moment where she says something and he's like doing his whole fake smile thing. And he kind of realizes what she's expecting versus what the reality is and how kind of sad it is. But also kind of the awkward situation. And you read all of that just in his eyes. And I'm That's like, so good. holy shit. It's just a great human moment. Yeah. And I'm like, really oh, man. captures what happens in life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one moment that we that we jumped in on that we really liked was when uh, he gets fired. Right. So he just gets his bachelor party. He gets fired the next day by his, du- his buddy or whatever. And he rushes back to the agency and he starts calling all of his his, you know, his people before mm-hmm. he loses everything. Right. right? Not realizing they'd yeah. already gotten a jump on. Exactly. That. And they're doing it. Actually, the oh, parallel action is really nice. What's happening in that in that scene. But he gets the last dude and he's basically like you literally watch how uncomfortable it is that this dude is making him yell in this place. Show me the money oh, and yeah. the place that just fucking fired him. Mm-hmm. And Britta and I were just like. 
this like I believe that you know and the mm-hmm. uncomfortability that he was in with it I'm Hell just like yeah. oh it was so super good. awkward well I think that it's what part of what he does so well is it's what he says with his face not just the words, the words he says yeah. or whatever that totally. so that when he was yelling by the end of that scene he's yelling because he's frustrated he's yelling because he's desperate and he's uncomfortable and he's angry and he's sad you see all these like yeah. rushes of emotion mm-hmm all in one moment and that's what i was like fuck he is so good <laughs> right. yeah. that's yeah. awesome i'm gonna have to that's revisit awesome. that one yeah, oh, it's, no, yeah. really it's a good, good movie back in the day like yeah. i enjoyed it mm-hmm. that's what to. got cuba his oscar yeah dude i'm that's telling cool. you yeah. and it's a great fucking performance yeah, yeah. so yeah. good yeah um i well <laughs> my wife and i we watched uh the big short oh, oh okay. you finally got to finally it. got to okay. it god Damn, that movie made me furious by the very yeah, end. Yeah, right? Really? There's been a very few amount of movies that like I will watch and then just be like, are you fucking kidding uh-huh. me? Are you absolutely kidding me? That shit actually went down. Maybe, yep. you know, things are fabricated right, here and there. Right. But I mean, the general through line of that entire story was just what happened during that mm-hmm. time. You know what I mean? You have these group of guys that are extremely smart. They saw a fucking hole in our economy within the housing market, and they're like, we're going to make a shit ton of money doing this, and they exploited it. Mm-hmm. But what I love that what Adam McKay did with the story, one, he made it humorous enough, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and there's, It was I mean, entertaining. It was very entertaining, but there's like certain things in there that the regular Joe Schmo doesn't understand, right? And the way that he did that with, like, Anthony Bourdain explaining yep. it or, you know, the Margot, Margot, Robbie. Margot Robbie in the bathtub kind of explaining something that's serious or uh, Selena Gomez playing blackjack mm-hmm. and kind of just being able to re-illustrate those things. I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, but then outside of that, you have these dudes that are so greedy, right? They want to make they want to make a mark. They want to be, in, you know, in Wall Street. They want to do their thing. And then you slowly realize that they're making a choice to kind of fuck the American culture. Yeah, instead of being a whistleblower, they're going to profit. <laughs> they're going to profit from it. But they mm-hmm. come out on the other end winners. But at the same time, you can see that they're not very happy. And Brad Pitt does a really great job in one of those scenes where he's basically saying the guys are dancing because yeah. they fucking made it's their like, money. You know they're sitting there dancing. Yeah. And yeah. he turns around. And he's like, don't dance. Yeah. People are going to lose their lives. They're going to lose their jobs. They're going to lose their families. They're going to lose everything. And you just made a million dollars. Way more than that. Basically. But but don't dance. This is not something to celebrate. Right. You know what I mean? And they asked him, why did you have us do this? Because you wanted to be rich. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the price you pay. And like that for me, I was like, fuck. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah. And I love his little part that was in that movie. Oh, he was so great. And um, I was listening to something where Adam McKay was talking about it. And one of the reasons he did all the cutaways with people explaining for one, I mean, it's because most people don't know what those terms mean, which is exactly how bankers fuck everybody over. Is totally. Like, we know this and you don't. Right. They bank on our naivety. But the other reason Adam McKay said is because there's no real good guys in the story. So for, for him to do that, it's kind of like making the filmmaker the good guy. Mm, by saying, like, kind of pulling you out of it and being, like, confiding in you or, like, educating you on what was going on. At the time. Because none of those guys, at the end of the day, really are good guys. No, none of them. Even when they're kind of down and out, when it should have, the bubble should have bursted, but the banks still were, like, lying to people. Right. They're kind of like, oh, what's going on? Like, kind of, woe is me. And you're like, "Mm, uh, but you're still trying to make millions off of people. You know, you're very upset that people haven't lost their houses and everything. But what I loved about um, the the emotional arc for these characters is by the very end of this thing, you know that they just made billions of dollars off of like other people's hard work yeah. and what have you. 
but they're feeling they're it. remorseful, especially though. the Corel crew. Yeah, mm-hmm. those guys are like he was amazing in this too. Oh, he was so good. holy cow! After Foxcatcher, like he came through, like this yeah. stuff. Yeah. That I'm just like, oh, this guy just reinvented some of the yeah. stuff that he's going to do. So I'm really excited and to see kind of reset this. people's expectations. Totally. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's not always an easy transition no. for actors. Mm-mm. 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 And so same thing with Adam McKay, though. though. Like, oh, I know. This definitely yeah, transitioned and, him. and all these yeah. other, you know, yeah. what I mean, and coming into making something like this. I, I didn't realize yeah. that was the same. Same dude. dude. Yeah, yeah, it is. As Anchorman. I'm just grateful that they made this movie. When filmmakers choose to make a movie that's not just good, that you know the good characters directing etc good whatever but that it's so like i learned so much and the future and you know the general role that you're supposed to play is you get married you have kids you buy a house and i feel mortgage yeah and you get into those things and i feel so much more educated on how to not be fucked over Mm -hmm. yeah and and just how the world really works how, how many societal norms are dictated by corporate profiteering oh yeah, yeah totally. absolutely yeah. i just feel like a smarter american now yeah america yeah. but you know like, even adam or you know a lot of people including myself are very surprised that adam mckay did this and that but kind of looking back kind of was on the verge of that anyway with the other guys i don't know if you saw that movie mm-hmm. that was Loved basically it. his humorous take on the ponzi scheme uh, you know and yeah. kind of like what happened oh, yeah. and even during the end credits he has a lot of statistics mm-hmm. about ponzi schemes how they work you know, and also like the 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 difference in pay with CEOs and the right. average employee back then versus now, and how big it's been. Mm. And I mean, I follow him on Facebook, so we're friends on there. And like, he's very political Is he? as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so well, he seems like he would kinda be. Kind of makes sense, but it is pretty. It's cool that he was given the opportunity to do this. Sure, because a lot of comedic directors are gonna be there forever. But you know what's nice um, about the like his style and tone in this movie? It fits him though. You know totally. what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if you look at the way He's that, great with ensembles. Dude, and that's what totally and great I think balance, um, I thought. Yeah. It felt it felt good. It mm-hmm. felt like an Adam McKay film, just different context. And you know, or uh, content, sorry. I'll be bringing this up later, but I'm gonna bring it up now. Uh I feel like this this is what you're supposed to do with these types of things is to oh, yeah. bring your own flair. And then this is also why I think it should have beat Spotlight for Best Picture. Sure. Because for me, Spotlight was very like, here you go. Like, mm-hmm. it's a very important subject matter. And personally, I feel like the filmmaking was very, uh, well, we're going we're well, to win stuff. The characterizations in Spotlight versus the characterizations and arcs in um, the big short, night and day. You know, like you got a lot of really well, great true. people in the in Spotlight. There were great actors, but if you look at the the overall story structure, it had one one linear right. just kind of trajectory, and everybody didn't really have much of an arc. They just kind of None. fought. Like in some of the some of the performances, I just like I felt like they were um, they were not warranted you know what i mean like right. at one point mark ruffalo just comes in he's just blowing up but i didn't and feel like under were, under it. that you can see like for your consideration and sure <laughs> yeah, enough that's like, the god clip that they showed it, in it, the oscars yeah exactly yeah. i'm like god damn it like <laughs> mark ruffalo is a great actor and for him just to like go there without the build-up into yeah. that space yeah that fine. was weird but i think um adam mckay pulled a better performance out of his actors 100% for agree. the big short 100 he's good with ensembles yeah he's really awesome is. he runs a he, he, I think the um, tone on his sets is, you know, runs a, a good, happy ship. Mm-hmm. So I would agree. He always yeah. has the same people, so mm-hmm. I'm, sh- I'm sure they that they love working with him. Always come back for more. Right. Yeah. So watch it if you have yeah, it. It's highly damn good. It. Yeah, highly recommend it. Uh, right. The movie that I saw was I finally saw Spectre. Mm. <laughs> I feel the same way. I know. Um, 
it's it's hard for me. Like I casino, and this is kind of my own bias. Uh, the thing with with James Bond movies is they're all, they're always reflective of the flavor of the moment type of action filmmaking. So I mean, with all the different iterations of Bond, it's all like reflective of like what action movies were during that time. Um, and while I love Casino Royale, I think it's an amazing action movie. I feel like the other three are definitely, I don't, they're not fun for me. Like they're just, it's just heavy. It's super heavy and very bleak. And I know a lot of action movies like the Christopher Nolan Batmans are pretty bleak. Mm -hmm. And there's other action movies that are just kind of like use that no word gritty. (laughs) That doesn't really necessarily mean anything. What does it mean, Noah? But, but this one, this, this one I felt like was a little bit better than quantum of solace and uh, skyfall. But it's I will disagree with you. Oh yeah, yeah. I love yeah. Skyfall. Yeah. If not anything, the cinematography, cinematography and like the great. the movement of camera mm. from scene to scene, the stitching of transitions, things like that. And I actually believed James oh, totally. Bond in Skyfall. I feel like when I watched Spectre, I passed out what like three times or something like that throughout yeah. that entire movie. The opening sequence, fucking amazing. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, that was oh, cool. That was opening badass. sequence was, was like, badass. <laughs> yeah. And then after the opening sequence, you can feel that Daniel Craig, at least for Just me, is done yeah. being, oh, yeah. That's being it. Bond, in my opinion. But, I mean, for me, I felt really stupid during it because I'm like, I don't think I understand the plot. Like, I think I did, but there was a lot of moments yeah. where it's like I get, I got the overall plot, but all the ways that they were going through it just or I got the point, I should say, but I didn't get the plot. Like there was side stuff. Like I didn't totally understand why they went to where Christoph Waltz was, and oh, why he was still like surprised dude, yeah. when he got screwed over. I'm like, mm, but uh, and how he just like walked him? into that place, and he was just like, oh, you yeah, know? Like, and he's like, we're just gonna on? stay here, and, and he blows like, that place up really easy, by yeah. the way. Oh, totally. Like, it was such an easy. And he got out, out of so that easy. little thing that he was mm-hmm. strapped to. Super easy. Agreed. So I just didn't care for it mm. whatsoever yeah it was confusing yeah i felt like both gary and i had different moments where like wait what's happening <laughs> wait why are they there and then we'd both go i don't know yeah. <laughs> okay. just yeah. keep watching and, honey and you yeah. could figure it out because it's not you know james bond movies aren't rocket science right it's pretty yeah. simple fight the bad guys the end yeah <laughs> <Do you laughs> save the ladies world. along the way yeah, yeah right but fight yeah. fuck save yep pretty That's much it. but yeah. i did feel lost and dumb yeah. I'm like i don't i don't get it and Why are they there? for christoph oh. waltz being supposed to be the character that's like been the big bad in the entire series yeah he yeah. went down like a bitch literally mm-hmm. like yeah you're right it was anticlimactic he was yeah. like ah. Like the like the diehard guy, the SWAT guy with the thorn bush. <laughs> yeah, that's how you went Ow. down. He's like, yeah, <laughs> it just it went down. Su- so anyway, wasn't wasn't my thing. Yeah, I I agree with you. I do love Skyfall though. Yeah, I like Skyfall more than all those, but I love Roger Deakins, mm. and I just I loved his cinematography. No, it good. Man. Oh, so good, so good. All right, that's oh, I know. Well, the other thing, I totally binge watched House of Cards season four, and it's amazing. Uh, amazing. I stopped after the first season. Really? Oh, yeah. well, then you wouldn't like it, but I loved it. Is he back talking to the camera yes. again? Is he that, really? Yeah, it threw me. I the third that. season lost me a little bit because he stopped talking it's to chilling. the camera, it's and chilling. you need it because he's confiding in you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, he's doing despicable things, but he confides yeah. in you, so you're like, 
well, so you I connect mean, with him differently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in the third season, he stopped doing that. So for me, it's like oh, I don't really choice. care if he gets caught now. Right. No, it is. It absolutely <laughs> well, That's is. a bad choice. Yeah, because like, that's care. part of the, I don't want to say the charm, but that's part of what keeps mm-hmm. you in it. Yeah, because you're rooting. Yeah, he's right. talking mm-hmm. to you. He's confiding in you. Yeah, so he's my trust. friend. Yeah, so. You still think he's a horrible person. Right. But at the same time, but it's like, oh, man, everyone's me, a horrible person. So it's somehow better. But no, he goes back in season four, and it's amazing. Oh, All right, cool. I All do right. know that the Daredevil second season. I saw the first episode, and it's better than any episode from the first season. That's what some. That's what I. Yeah. I just gotta. I gotta make something to where I can just turn off anything that because spoilers are all over the oh, internet. Yeah. Oh, like you open up your fucking Facebook and everybody's like, <laughs> God damn it! Uh, well, oh, I, even when I posted on Facebook about season four, saying how amazing it was, two people said what happened at like the season finale, and I was like, wasn't it so cool that he died? I rushed through oh, it like in a weekend. A... So two people said something. Yeah. I'm like, delete their comment to protect other mm-hmm. people. I'm like, what the fuck are you I doing? Block people i don't yeah, care if we've been like, friends for 20 you? years i will block you mom <laughs> mom <Yeah>. forget <laughs> thanksgiving yeah. remember you, you chose this you chose this is your fault this is all your right? path you did you're this walking on it. all right so let's enough stalling let's get into uh, this i know i feel like we're all stalling i know stalling <laughs> on the inevitable bird over there is just so like, amy yes. on a scale of one to ten and if you Ooh. had to rename it what would you rename it I would probably name it Poland. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Poland in winter. Sounds um, like a bait and switch type thing. God. Oh, cool! We're gonna watch Poland in winter. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> I, just, I didn't that's know. I thought this was a rom com. <laughs> right? That's not snow. What is that? I go oh, no. God. <laughs> um, Dark ashes. And if I had to rate it on a scale from one to ten, I mean it's. It's up there. How can you not give it like an eight or a nine at least? Yeah. I mean, it's in, intense. Like I said, I would it, hope you would geez. do that. Yeah. How I mean, it touched you? me. I don't like. I don't like that kind of uh, subject matter or film. I don't like delving into really uncomfortable, uh, you know, subjects like that at all. So it was really a tough one to stick through. But yeah, at least at a nine. Oh nice. yeah. There we go. I'm in the similar camp. Mm-hmm. I would say a nine out of ten for sure. And if I had to rename it, I couldn't think of anything mm-hmm. that wasn't an iteration on what it's already called. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was so th- to have it be called Schindler's List, like you, if you called it like um, like Ash Skies or something, it would it, it doesn't because it's not about who died. It's that this man did something so great, right? Yeah. And so and this great man is Schindler. So the closest thing I had was the Schindler Jews. I like okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how they referred to them, uh-huh. and you know, that's the group that they were talking mm-hmm. about. So, yeah, right. Gary, um, a nine for show. Um, this just the film itself is just fucking phenomenal, man. Absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. Looking at everything, um, coming up with a name though, I was like, damn, man. Taken four. Liam's Revenge? I don't know. Something like that. I have a particular set of skills. (laughs) That was actually what I renamed it was a particular set of lists. There you go. (laughs) 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 Yeah, very nice. Well played. I mean, all jokes aside, though, man, I mean, it it makes sense to keep the name that it is now. I don't think. I was trying to find something with the uh, with the tombstone road that they mm-hmm. that they had. I mean, the shots end there. You know, right. the last right. last 
you know tracking shot is on that mm. but i couldn't find anything that f- that gave it that that yeah. sense of visceralness yeah. Yeah. that it needed you know what i mean and yeah. even honey for like the schindler's jews like i don't know if it, it it sounds okay because that's what they were called but i don't know if it really confines the the context of everything in a powerful way the same way like schindler's listed because it was oh, absolutely. his absolute list you mm. know what i'm saying um, he, those were his chosen people. He's, oh, you know, I agree. So. I don't think it could mm-hmm. be named anything yeah. better. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Now, I would give it a ten, like mm-hmm. like a straight ten. I would give it a straight up ten. Um, I had only seen bits and pieces of this before we watched this. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I've only seen some of because it was on TV right. a long time ago. That's um, that's how I originally. It's like an eight-hour TV show. <laughs> it was like a With miniseries, pretty like much. The whole day. Yeah, yeah. and um. And so I'd only seen like some of the middle stuff right. for it, and I mean, I, it's not. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite Spielberg movies, just because that feels weird with yeah. the subject matter. But I'd probably say this is the best film he's ever made. Yeah, I, I would. I think it, and most important, obviously. Yeah, but sure. like, absolutely. I think. I mean, it just it, every, and we'll get into it. But like everything about it just blew me away. It, mm-hmm. The filmmaking itself, how he eased you into the story the characters yeah the characters all that stuff i just was just blown away by that absolutely so i would give it a 10 so my question to you guys is you all gave it nines what for you kept it from getting to because nobody should give a get a perfect score nobody (laughs) you heartless bastard i know (laughs) (laughs) like there's a couple shaky cams there bro yeah, because a lot of it was handheld. Yeah, a lot of it. Mainly the one that got me is when he was tracking in when we first get introduced to um, Oscar Schindler, and he's walking into the, the gala, and the camera moves in, and I'm just like, all right, I'm in this, and like wobbles. I'm like, yeah. damn you, Spielberg. Damn <laughs> you. But at the same time, yeah. you know. No, that's valid. That's so. valid. I don't know what movie I would give a 10 to. Honestly. Ernest the goes to camp. Besides <laughs> Ernest, <laughs> obviously Ernest, but besides Ernest, aside from that masterpiece, I think that Princess there were Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah, for me, I think that there were just a okay. there were some Maybe. shots that they lingered so mm. long on, but not with enough purpose to warrant that amount of time and scenes. Mm. Yeah, so I think that's the only thing reason I gave it a nine out of ten. Gotcha. Because that makes sense. I would say for a three-hour movie, I was pretty in it. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But I would say in the last half hour to forty-five minutes, yeah. I started to I started to look at the clock a little bit. Yeah. Mm. And so I was thinking, okay, well, why is that? And I realized that it was just the, you know, like I said, just some of the shots. I think they linger too long mm-hmm. or without enough purpose to warn it. I I agree. I have to say that uh, I didn't realize there would be some humor in it from the start when he's picking his secretaries. Uh And they're all really cute women who aren't really good at typing. And he's like all swooning over them. And then the The one middle-aged way. Yeah, who's like doing amazing. And he's Uh like so bored. (laughs) I thought that was so funny. Uh And I'm like, really? In this movie? So typical. But I that was his character, that. though. Yeah. I think oh, you yeah. know, what's he really nice about that. He was quite a playboy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The nice part about that is you get a very clear illustration of his womanizing. Yeah. And then he hires all of them. Yeah. You know, at the very mm-hmm. end of that, he hires every single one, but the one that he should have hired. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Such a male thing to do. You yeah, but I love that. I thought that that was a great way to kind of introduce the character and kind of ease us into the story that's going to totally. fuck up our nights. Right. Exactly. Or just be... 
be grateful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's like it's a it's an intense movie, but I think it's, for me at the very end of this thing watching it, I was just very mm-hmm. grateful that there was somebody out there that did something like this. Mm-hmm. You know, for one, I'm like, right. It was a for me. It was very heavy towards the very end of this thing, and I was just mm-hmm. like, God damn. Like, because mm-hmm. that shit happened. Yeah. It's crazy to think about. Like, that shit yeah. actually happened, you know? What were you going to say, Amy? Well, you know how anytime on our podcast when it's been historical, mm-hmm. be it Lawrence of Arabia or Casablanca or anything, I love historical references and I love delving into the history behind it and some of the truths and, you know, the biographies and possibly autobiographies and everything, especially like when we did Lawrence of Arabia, I learned so much about it. That the story was actually more interesting than the movie. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. But yeah, like you were, yeah, like you guys were saying, it was very interesting how similar it happened and not everyone was a huge fan of Oscar Schindler because, you know, he used his power, especially with the women, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get what he wanted. And, um, you know, a lot of the Holocaust survivors were like, yeah, I remember him. My sister sure did remember him and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And it's like, wow, this guy. But I mean, it's still what he did was so I mean, if he could have saved them all, he would have. I think he was so conflicted because he couldn't save them all. Yeah, I mean, and but it was interesting to yeah. watch uh, both him and uh, Ralph Fiennes, mm-hmm. their characters. Like, yeah. while Ralph Fiennes is losing his humanity, yes. Schindler is getting his. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You He's know, a so yeah. I mean, it was just interesting to see those two, both two men of German power, you know, go in the complete opposite way and right. watching one just sink so low and the other doing the opposite. But the irony, too, is they were after the same thing, which is money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And power. And power. Same type of thing. But I feel like towards the end, Oscar knew that he, in order to save these people, he would have to give up everything. But right. that's his ult- that's the ultimate power, right? Knowing that you can't, like, knowing that you can do something and then actually choosing to do mm-hmm. that or do the opposite of it, you yeah. know, which is that whole conversation. So it made sense for me mm-hmm. towards that very end of the, the last scene, you know? Well, and for his arc as a person, too, because he starts out just in it for the money you mm-hmm. know he chooses the jews because they're cheaper Cheap than the poor right. Yeah, yeah, yeah right not because he's like i'm gonna create a safe haven mm-hmm. and exactly. that and seeing i think what part of what made it so great that they showed um his faults was that it humanized him yeah. as a person absolutely which i personally get mad whether it be one of my you know somebody i knew that passed away or whatever and they go oh they were so special <laughs> you're like no no one is faultless we all right. no get are fucked up which is right. part of but as you got to remember the bad things <laughs> yeah you because do. that's part of what mm-hmm. makes us who we are and what we do despite our faults mm-hmm. and i think that that was what made it so powerful yeah. is that he he gave up gary mentioned this when we were talking about it that in the beginning of the movie you see him pulling out all his stashes of money everything he was putting everything right. to create this huge business mm-hmm. and so to have him then in the end who to get money to give it all away yeah. and become nothing and after after the war ended he was still nothing like yeah yeah he, exactly he was never successful at anything nope. again not and even so, his marriage yeah right. and so yeah. seeing all that huge arc and all those character details made it so powerful oh absolutely mm-hmm. yeah yeah, the little details that we kind of when we watched the movie i loved steven spielberg's details in the blocking um 
mainly if you watch like when they're all getting thrown out of their house, you know, they're right. going, you know, when they're getting rushed to the ghettos and stuff, you know, there was um, there was just one little little moment with one of the wives and the husbands and she just yeah. pats his forehead like he's sweating. He's like yeah. stressed out. And we can see that intensity and he grabs a napkin and he kind of dabs his sweat down. I'm just like, that is such a beautiful little moment. You know, his wife knows him enough to be like, calm down, honey. And none of that was ever said. You know, you mm -hmm. feel that whole element. And throughout the entire movie, there's little things like that. Yeah, it was great. And when the they were leaving movie. their their house, the guy grabbed the um the totem uh -huh. and the, the door. threshold. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's for like good luck and everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was it's it blessing. Was, it's a blessing. Yeah, it's a blessing in the house. Yeah. They have them on the doors. Yeah. Um and what's <laughs> it was funny, there was a moment where it was I, I kinda I kinda felt like I was watching a movie at one point where um the they're in their new house in the ghetto or their new yeah. place and the guy's like you know it could be worse uh, and mm -hmm. the wife is like how could it possibly w get worse and i'm like don't jinx it and then all those guys <laughs> walked in they're like hey yeah it just yeah but it, but i thought it was fascinating like when i thought of when i was watching this i thought about that boiling frog metaphor about this is like the filmmaking where I don't know if you've heard the story of um, someone putting a frog in a pan on the on the stovetop, and the frog's totally fine in the water, and the person just raises it up incrementally, like one no. degree at a time, and the frog doesn't think anything of it because it's just one degree, doesn't really even notice it, and it cranks it up so much, frog's still fine to the point where it's so hot that the frog's like boiled and like killed. Oh, interesting. And for me, it's kind of like that. how this movie where it was mm -hmm. just. So, yeah. I mean, you had, like, starts with just, hey, no big deal. We just need to register you when yeah. you're in your new place. And now we're relocating you. Now we need to relocate mm -hmm. you. Now we're, hey, we're, now we're assigning you work. Now we're taking away and your luggage. now we're taking that away. Life. Now we're separating the sick from the healthy. No mm -hmm. big whoop. Now we're doing, you know, you don't need your kids anymore. Mm -hmm. And then now we're mm -hmm. going to kill you. Like, it was right. just this. Yeah. It was just, like, step by step. And it was just terrifying even when they were taking them to terrifying. auschwitz and that little kid did like the throat slash yeah, thing yeah. it was just like oh, jesus chilling. christ was chilling Ugh. yeah or just even like when they when they went when even in that moment too when they're getting their hair cut yeah. and they get thrown into awful. the uh, uh infection room was yeah. whatever they called yeah. it and uh they didn't know if it was going to be no, gas yeah, or, or then it was shower water. oh mm -hmm. And for them Jesus. to be grateful that it's water because, uh, because they have so shower. messed up. Gosh. Yeah. So messed up. Well, they're just grateful they're not being murdered at that moment mm, by Jesus. these horrible. But always they saw people getting picked off all the time for no reason. Yeah, so, I mean, it could have been them at any second. Who knew? That was always on their mind. And I, I appreciated right. just with the the gradualness of getting you into this, I really appreciated the way Steven Spielberg did it. Because mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of mm -hmm. World War II movies where it's just like, act one, concentration camp. <laughs> you know, act, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Whereas this one, it was just very much, this is the progression. This is how exactly. it escalated to this. Because it didn't start with Auschwitz. Mm -mm. I mean, it started, it started with at Shabbat, is what it started with. It started mm -hmm. at a Shabbat ceremony yeah. in color, by the way. Yep. Yeah. It started in color, and then it moved into the black and white right. story. Yeah, I, I loved that. I thought, I thought that was, was brilliant. Um, I As just, the candle went out, the color went out, exactly. too. Exactly. Exactly. That was brilliant. I just remembered, oh, wow. Oh, okay, it's starting. Yeah. <laughs> it's starting yeah. already. But it was just, like, it was it very happy it. at the start of it. It was just Germans just enjoying very social at that club mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And 
them loving Schindler's winning everybody over one by one. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and even with just the Jews, it was just very much like just registering no big whoop, you know? Right. It's just, I just really appreciated Steven Spielberg taking the time to show you, like, this is how things get to this point. Yeah, how it yeah. progressed. Yeah. You know? Well, mm-hmm. and also he did a great job of keeping us in the, well, reminding us that these were people. So, like, mm-hmm. in yeah. the beginning, that you see like these sisters and they're saying their names together and you know, it made it very human. So it weren't, so it could be personal so that you could think, Oh, that if I was born at that time, that could have been me or my friend yeah. or whatever. And I appreciated them going super long on just listing off a bunch of people's totally. names. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to be mm-hmm. like, no, 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 we're not going to fast forward through this part. Like, you're going to realize there's a lot of people. Too. Well, this is homage, you know, yeah. to all the people that fallen, you know, all those names that were lost over, you know, that, mm-hmm. Six years of warfare, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one thing I wasn't quite sure that I was hoping you guys could help me with was how did Ben Kingsley's character get into the position he was in from the start? Because it seemed like he knew a lot. Like he's trying to tell, like making the fake IDs or whatever, and trying to help people out. He as was the registering. head of that council, that Jewish council of twenty four people. Remember those guys um, that mm-hmm. were registering everybody. And that we're calling people's names. Okay. So he was part of that group? Yeah, I think he was the head of that group. Mm, Okay. Yeah, because it wasn't quite... I Mm -hmm. felt like I missed that You're talking about Itzka? The... The accountant. Yeah. Stern. Stern. The accountant. Stern. Yeah, because he was... And then also he learned that he was kind of doing finagling with the accounting Mm -hmm. through like the grapevine. So he was like, well, I'm going to need somebody like that to help me out throughout this whole thing. But it just felt like he knew a lot more than mm-hmm. everybody else, and I right at the from the start. Well, so because in that type of community, like don't say you're an, don't say you're a musician. Say you're a steel worker. Right, right. Well, he just he knew because yeah. he was mm-hmm. in everybody's work. He knew everybody because he was like the town's accountant. He was helping. But I'm saying I felt process. like he knew more about the German situation and yeah. the intentions of why they were registering and why they were mm-hmm. saying that. So that's, right. I just right. missed that part. I think I mean he's he's one he's he's smart you know yeah between those two great. guys is just very two very smart people he was street smart Noah mm, <laughs> yes he had street cred well the interesting thing is if you watch um, Schindler and Itzka's um, relationship throughout this whole thing you know Schindler's just like I'm just making a business this is yep. all I'm doing and you know that Itzka's like you realize what they're doing here you know mm-hmm. he knows exactly what's going on but he never ever fully says it mm-hmm. you know and then when they bring in the uh, when he brings in one of the guys with the one arm oh, to yeah. say thank you you yeah. know because he knows but i'm telling whether schindler dr- drunk himself into you know not knowing <laughs> or he didn't want to acknowledge it per se or um, he did know it and he's just like i'm just going to well it's just the bottom it. just, line is the thing i mean mm. not to not to be super bleak, but businesses do that now. I sure. mean, hey, let's move whatever overseas because it's going to mm-hmm. be way cheaper, cheaper for us. Who cares about the ethics because it's a business? It's right. about legalities. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, businesses and major corporations are all about, like, what can I do that's legal? But I don't think, like, say, for instance, like, if Itzke's character was not there to challenge Schindler and his ideology about the people that were coming he in, had no he would have had no idea. I don't think he would have ever had an idea, you know? Because he pushed him, Oscar and he Schindler made a lot of money in a great way too. He, he was just from very Czechoslovakia. Right. He yep. was just in Poland for business purposes, right? Getting all them Jews in there. Yeah, heck yeah. Right. Making making yeah, his he money. Knew. Yeah, exactly. He saw the the financial, you know, upswing of the war, but then he also, you know, 
how human it made him. Yeah, it was, it was a crazy. Sense of panache. <laughs> and I was watching Pizzazz. watching Ralph was crazy too. Like he just oh did such God. a great job. Yeah. Just, just slowly turning into this evil monster mm-hmm. and Oh, it he was, was just cold. Super cold. He was awful. You know, and Time then just Magazine, the power was amazing to him. Time like Magazine rated him uh, one of the top 25 villains of all time. Yeah. Because totally. of that movie? Yeah. Or Voldemort. Yeah. Well, I mean. Potato, potato, really. Yeah, their noses were all awful. That's a they're kind of similar. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very similar. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. interesting for Rose's character, or Ghost's character, on um, how conflicted he was about his maid, mm-hmm. yeah, and how angry it made him, and how he coped with that. And oh yeah, I even wrote down that line that go. you're not a person in the strictest sense of the word. I'm like, oh man, yeah, dude, well, that's cold. And yeah. what was so like, I thought that it was um, he had a moment in his mind when Schindler tried to to buy her to you know to mm-hmm. save her, and that he didn't want to let her go, yeah. and then he realized that eventually he was going to kill her anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And having him have that moment about yeah. someone he cared so intensely for and to realize, oh, oh, shit, yeah. That, that is where this is going, isn't yeah. it? And then to not, to not be able to... It's like he couldn't he couldn't put two and two together, Mm-mm. that he was his own demise. Yeah. It's like he went up to that point, he let himself get there a little bit, and then he's like... What? No, I can never be anything other than this monster. Yeah, so, totally. And then just wailed on her. Even tried. That scene, him. Yeah. That uh, scene yeah. actually, that was a very telling scene. I mean, he wore every every emotion on his face. Like you saw him go from cold guy to, not gonna hurt you, not gonna hurt you to. To look what you almost tricked me into doing. Yeah, exactly. Very deep inside. Exactly. Well, he, and then he just didn't let himself get there. Right. Uh, uh, you know, no, because of what that would mean exactly. and the power. And all yeah, he doesn't want to be a hypocrite. Things. Right. I mean, right. that would just be ridiculous. Well, I found it even more telling mm-hmm. outside of that is when he goes to defend Schindler for kissing the Jewish girl to his higher ups and telling him, like, they yeah. put a spell on you. You know, mm-hmm. he's basically yeah. telling, telling, like, that's no other character could have given him, you know, given that mm-hmm. type of testimony for Schindler oh, yeah. within that space yeah. because he's going through it himself. Mm-hmm. But it's a different type of love that was happening in that moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which I thought was rather interesting. Yeah, I thought that was that scene. And even the first scene where uh, Ralph Fiennes and Liam Neeson were together when they're sitting, talking. and Those I mean, that, looks, man. Man, mm-hmm. that was just like master class acting yeah. between oh, the yeah. two of them. It mm-hmm. was incredible. Like Liam having to kind of reason with him in a way that he would understand. Right. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that he was able to do that, too. I feel like, I don't know, maybe it was a higher power just putting words in his mouth just to get this, you know, outcome. Well, it's like, know your audience. He's like, this guy wants money. This guy would understand why my business is hurt by losing these employees. And it almost didn't work. Turnover is a bitch in this place. It almost didn't work so many times. And then he was just able to get there, which was kind of a miracle. Well, I asked asked Bird yesterday, because, you know, every time we watch a movie, like, I'm always thinking, like, what's the theme? You know, what is the theme of this film? And... I think for me, your might your yours might be different. I was kind of curious on everybody else's thought, but I think gratitude is the ultimate theme throughout this entire film. And I think the reason why Schindler was able to get through what he did is maybe he didn't believe in what these people were doing, but he showed everybody gratitude for giving him what he got, i.e., giving drinks out to people, giving them cigarettes, giving them something. You know what I mean? In gratitude to get something back in return. Nobody really maybe. knew what the hell yeah. he was really 
doing per exactly. se, but you know, he was able to get exactly what he needed out of them mm-hmm. because they feel they feel like they that he respected them, right? He he showed them I don't want to say grace, but gratitude more than anything mm-hmm. else. So it was a little bit of grace though. Yeah. It was. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I don't know what I would say the theme is. I mean Mm-mm. that makes sense, but I also think hope sure might yeah. might be a theme of this because I mean it's I don't I mean it got the worst it could possibly get and there was a light at the end of the tunnel yeah. right. for some. Yeah. yeah. And I mean just you know, y- while y- while you can't yeah. save the world, you can you know, you can make a difference in the world of a uh, in the world of a lot of people. Sure. Um Gotta like it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you guys who are recurring themes or whatever? I thought that it was somewhere in his, that the the theme was somewhere in the, the story that he told Go about the, what real power is and that it's not force or fear or whatever, but it has something to do with. I don't. I don't know if like it's mercy or respect or yeah, going beyond that initial impulse to be bigger than your own faults or whatever. Something along those lines. I don't have a nice succinct anything, but Mm-mm. I thought that it was somewhere in there because if you look at what Schindler did, is that he went beyond himself in just being about money and respected what a human life was mm. and was grateful and all that and showed mercy to lots of people when he could have been terrible. And he even showed mercy to the Nazis that he detested so much. Right. And then in the long run, he was penniless yet always taken care of for the rest of his oh, life. Yeah. And to Absolutely. see what people would go to, that there's so much more power in that than what the Nazis created. That's a good way of looking at it, actually. Very good. I mean, I just think that when you watch this and you see the very end scene and you see all those survivors being escorted by the cast, I mean, it just uh, makes me have chills just thinking about it. And then (laughs) when you think about the survivors, it's like, and we don't have any excuse to complain about anything ever again. Yeah, right. You know? Mm-hmm. Like those moms when they when they saw their children on those on those trucks and they were like waving. To oh, their that part was, oh, that was horrible. That killed me. That hit Especially really the kids close having no idea. Those kids are like, "Bye, guys. We're going <laughs> on a field trip. <laughs> oh my god. We're See you singing. later. We're going to the zoo, guys. Bring me back something French. Like, oh my god. That was just. I know. It was hard. That I mean, tore me up. Yeah. And having that one little boy running around trying to find a hiding spot mm-hmm. and even oh, going man. into the outhouse. And the mm-hmm. kid's like, get out. This is our spot. This is our poo. Yeah. yeah. It's our like, outhouse. oh, man, that mm-hmm. just was. That was awful. It was so horrible. I mean, I felt they like, cared. man, how. That's survival for you. How harrowing would it be to be the set designer? It's mm-hmm. like, you got to mm-hmm. design this concentration camp. Right. It's just like, ugh. I mean, I for one, you feel super props. responsible. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sorry I said that. <laughs> that would be just such unpleasant oh, tough, man. production meetings. A lot of bratwurst. Yeah, and this is where we're killing people. Mm-hmm. So you need to make it a- accurate. So look at pictures. Dude, Do I have to? feel yes. very yeah. documentary-esque. Yeah. Man. I mean, it kind of came back mm-hmm. to like the black and white tonality mm-hmm. of the film. Because 
the way that we've always seen those photos has always been in black and white. So I read that he kind of chose it because of that purpose to kind of go within that structure. Um, but Jesus Christ, yeah. some of the some like when the people got shot in the head and stuff in uh. this movie, I was just like, <gasps> what about the guy that he was taken out? The one that made the hinge oh. in over 30 seconds. Oh and then he had like three chances to die, three or four, because everybody was like trying their guns. Five all chances. their guns were jamming. And yeah. <laughs> And then finally, he just pistol whips the guy. I was like, oh my God. And then he says that the, yeah. the production, he had so little because the machines weren't working. Like it they was completely calibrated not and him yeah. fucking yeah. up at all. Right. It was just, he, yeah. just ignorance. Oh yeah. And gosh. it was crazy how Can you imagine? the way no. it was produced oh of all the people being killed, the way it was like that Steven Spielberg chose to show, he didn't over dramatize it. He just, mm-hmm. he basically kind of treated it. Like the Nazis did, where it's like, mm, and that guy's dead. Moving on, yeah. because it's just like yeah. that's just how he didn't quit Tarantino blast everybody, yeah, right? Exactly. You know? But he didn't over dramatize it, where it's just like, oh, isn't it so horrible that mm-hmm. one person dies? Like, no, a lot of people died. Yeah. Nazis were like, mm, time to move um, on with my day, and right. like that yeah. needed to be shown that yeah. way to show that it was just whatever callousness of it all. And those pistols were so loud and bulky and probably really heavy. So you know that they were getting shots from really close up, and uh, it's just, I don't know. And then in the morning it's when awful. Ralph Fiennes is like, mm, I'm just going to have some yeah, target yeah. practice just for shits mm-hmm. and giggles. Yeah. Just because yeah. he was itchy I don't know if he's finger. just doing it for shits and giggles, though. It's I power. think it's, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. The, because, you know, the camp just started opening really up. owner off of it. I mean, Not so much just because he can. I think what he was trying to do is just reinstate his dominance in that moment. Because it was he wasn't there for that long at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, they were still kind of putting the camp together. The first thing that he does is he just starts picking people off that are just kind of being worthless. So if you were taking sitting in a that, break. <laughs> yeah, mm. taking a break or didn't really have anything to do, just kind of there, I think it hmm. kind of instates to the people like you got to be doing something or they'll just shoot you. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah just so look busy. I thought Make it was exactly valuable. exactly. Yeah. I thought it was even more disturbing. The woman in his bed. Mm-hmm. was just oh, like oh you like i'm like yeah, she's she was murdering people and she's like oh you woke again. me up you son of a what bitch is, what is he what did he say when he was going to the bathroom a little target practice mm-hmm. something yeah like something that. like that yeah. and she's just annoyed because it's loud yeah. and i'm just like that's fucked up yeah there was a lot of nipple in this movie there yeah was but a I, lot of nudity honestly huh? though yeah. like i i, I, I really t- appreciated yeah. the nudity As did in I. This As because did I. you have like spielbergy well but you have like the German nudity and you have the right. the stuff where it's like this is about sexuality and this yeah. is about like Pleasure. the ultimate form of humanity in its rawest form. And then you have the Jewish nudity when it's like this is the lowest possible form of like these people are being humiliated. Right. I mean, we're working these people to death and we still are making them prove if they're healthy enough to work, yeah. even though it's our fault that they're unhealthy and malnourished, that they have right. to prick their fingers to make it look like they have rosy, rosy cheeks. cheeks. Yeah. And it's like, so let's dehumanize these people as humanly mm-hmm. possible by yep. with the nudity. Yep. And I'm just like, man, that and the just the different the dichotomy was hair. just They just wanted everyone to look powerful. the same and weak and um, on the same level playing field. Y'all yeah. are scum. You're nothing yep. to us. We're going to cut your hair. We are going to take your whatever. way your clothes. Yeah. I think that was... You're nothing to us. The, the parallel action that they did so in oh. the movie was awesome yeah. because it really showed I didn't I didn't make the connection but it really was with the nudity and everything that that really showed right. those differences and 
I feel like the parallel action did the same thing to to not over dramatize or sin like you know like uh, glamorize the hardship yeah. and terror and everything but it did make it very real and like this was one world and this was another and they were coexisting right. and right. it was mm-hmm. crazy in the same area too mm-hmm. yeah, yeah like not even yeah just like uh when you it had um Schindler and he's on his horse with his lady and they're all nice and they're looking down on the scene of people just getting blasted and you know just all those different moments were very powerful Mm -hmm. I like when we get introduced to Ghost's character against Schindler they're both shaving Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're doing that parallel mm-hmm. action between that ultimately right before they meet each other, which I was mm-hmm. like, that's pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And even the parallel with uh, Schindler at the um, performance, and also with uh, um, the whatever, the maid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ralph Fiennes. Yeah, getting, getting beat. Yeah, all the hands clapping oh. and him slapping. Yeah, like that the, was good. Yeah. The cutting was beautifully mm-hmm. orchestrated within that. Yeah, it was. There's a lot of really great techniques, like. Anybody that wants to watch really beautiful mm-hmm. cinematography and technique in the craft of fake making a film, watch Schindler's List. It's like a three-hour masterclass, you know? Yeah, and the restraint about yeah. not over-dramatizing. Yeah. yeah, totally. And I think that's one thing that I truly appreciate. And no offense to Quentin Tarantino. I mean, he has his own style. But, I mean, looking at Inglorious Bastards and the way that he over-stylized yeah, some of this stuff. Yeah, you know, sensationalizes a lot of Dude, things. you know, somebody gets shot and they get flung across yep. the wall, you know, that type of thing, where this was just like, I mean, it felt it felt real. It felt mm-hmm. like something I'd have watched on Live Leaks or some shit like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Okay. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and I think that's why it holds up. I agree. It's yeah. because it's not about so it's not how stylized. it was made mm-hmm. in that time or who the actor was. Is that it's It just has such a strong human element in what we're all capable of in both directions that that's mm-hmm. why it's like I'm like if I ever have kids they're gonna have to watch this yeah for sure and it was amazing I can see why they like I watched it in high school mm-hmm. and whatever mm-hmm. yeah because <laughs> <laughs> and it was yeah. amazing how uh so many times Spielberg gives you perspective on the large scale of this without making mm-hmm. it seem too crazy like when they're searching the buildings for the oh yeah people who are hiding and, you know, there's that whole sequence of them running and searching and finding people and shooting them and stuff like that. Scurrying and then like sp- mice. Yeah, and then Spielberg pulls back to the whole area, mm-hmm. and you just see the gunshots in different mm-hmm. buildings. Like, it. this is happening everybody. Yeah. You know, this isn't just the one place. This is happening. And he just lets you sit in that and just hears the little popcorn sounds of all the mm-hmm. gunshots. And it's like, wow. And remember that scene, the little girl with the red coat? Yeah. It's the only color. Yeah, I didn't know what that was until I saw mm-hmm. the trivia where it's based oh, on the, yeah. there yeah. really was a girl with a red coat where right. she wrote like a biography, yeah. autobiography later about that. I didn't know yeah. that until yeah. I, mm-hmm. I didn't know that either. Yeah. That yeah. was one of that's my questions. I'm like, that's it was one of mine up. too. You know, yeah, yeah. That, that actually happened. Yeah. Well, there is also, I mean, the symbology behind the girl in the red coat mm-hmm. being the innocence of the Jewish people that are getting kind of flushed out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, Absolutely. find that girl dead towards the end of the film, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because that innocence is completely lost, mm-hmm. you know? And I think for me, that's really what he was kind of setting up with that that girl mm-hmm. throughout the thing. I didn't know about the juxtaposition of the book. And yeah, the I didn't girl, either though. until I read yeah. that she She's survived an it and wrote it. Yeah, book. she survived. She wrote, she did the lecture circuit. Um, I think it was just like therapy for her. No, she bet. lost her parents. I mean, she was found struggling in the ghetto. People took her in. They hid with her. Yeah, and that was her little winter coat. 
the um the one part red winter coat (laughs) the one part that got me and i was just like oh this is so heart-wrenching is when um itka ditka uh the the older mom and the daughter Mm -hmm. were running upstairs to go underneath the underneath the floor bed and she was like like, no we don't have room get the hell out of here yada yada yeah and then actually they're the ones that survived the whole thing because when they Mm -hmm. came back that night all those people that were underneath that floor bed done done man and it's so interesting to me because like you never know the choices that you make in life and what i love about movies is we get to see a character make a choice and we get to see usually the repercussions yeah. mm-hmm. of that choice we don't have that type of hindsight right mm-hmm. watching that and i was just like oh yeah God, the money money quarterbacking why'd you step on the piano keys you asshole yeah right the whole you know everything everybody done yeah. everybody gone i was just curious Terrible. how that dude got himself underneath that bed he was strapped in there good yeah it was yeah. like somebody yeah. strapped his ass in there you know yeah it was it's it's crazy and i mean growing up when i was i think middle school is when i just i kind of dove into a lot of literature about the holocaust mm-hmm. and just i mean I, once again i never really saw this all the way through until now but um i don't know if you've read mouse it's like it's an amazing it's two part graphic novel where all the Nazis are portrayed as uh, or look like cats and all oh. the Jews are mice and it was based on yeah. um, the the writer of the book his father went through um, the Holocaust and it was based off of his accounts and when what, was it made uh, 90s hmm. it sounds like five but it's, American tale it's, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's really good and then um, you I I think his name's Eli Wiesel. I think that's how you pronounce it. His book Night um, is just very, it's very, all very harrowing um, here reading these accounts of all of this. Wow. And, but I mean, those kind of, you're already in the, the, the worst times, you know, both of this. So this is very interesting coming in from the beginning. Yeah. And I mean, not to necessarily make this a political comment about today's day and yeah, age, boy. But it's like, you know, you hear the whole, like, let's register people. No big yeah. whoop. Oh, and it's like, <laughs> shit. It's just, you know, that's, I'm not saying that this would happen again, but it's like, but I mean, where, where does it end? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because that wasn't good enough back then. And we have to be very careful about, about that, about if you're labeling, because they're just labeling people. Oh, you're a Jew. It's like, all right, well, that label doesn't really shouldn't really put you just in one group right you know and that's just kind of what happened and they slowly lost their humanity mm-hmm. and just because of their religion mm-hmm. and that's messed up and that shouldn't be how things are but you can kind of mm-hmm. see how things escalate and there's genocide going on all around the world based mm-hmm. on just one aspect of a person mm-hmm. and it's crazy that you know a l- most people um view other like view People like in black and white terms, even if we're okay and we believe that we live in a world of gray, it's like we don't give those expectations to people that they have layers or that they're complex individuals. They're like, oh, either they're this or they're this. But it's like, but you don't view yourself as that. Mm-hmm. You view yourself as very complex. And it's just very dangerous to like label one person based off of one thing. Right. You know, and it's so it's kind of mm-hmm. scary because you're kind of seeing like, man, this stuff don't ha- generalize still me, bro. Yeah, right. Don't generalize. There's like, more to me than that. I Just feel like Noah owes us for this one for yeah, this movie. Dude. <laughs> hey, I gave you Die Hard. Maybe we should have had Die Hard gosh. after this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have the Dumb blockbusted movie now. next. <laughs> oh. oh man. 
I don't know what that means, but okay. I had to watch Friends I mean, after I turned this off. Yeah. I had to watch Friends to learn to laugh again. We <laughs> went to a we went to a one and three year old's birthday party after watching. There you go. <laughs> so I'm, gonna, I'm like, honey, I'm gonna I'm just gonna depression eat right just now. Hold, There's a lot of cupcakes there. Hold those kids. Just be like, the only thing I can it's teach okay, you is tolerance. Honey. Yeah, right. <laughs> grow up to understand. Don't you ever grow up for as long as you can. They're like, stop touching my child, weirdos. I'm like, sorry. It's like, sorry, you don't sorry. know. I'm sorry. I'm Shut sorry. up. Just like, creepily, I like sat on the floor and was just yeah. watching the kids open presents, like, just like trying to take in their yeah, innocence yeah. and their like happiness. It's like, going to be oh. okay, kid. Trying to siphon it off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. It had yeah. nothing to do with them. It was like to make me feel better about my life. Therapy. <laughs> Therapy. I was just really yeah. glad those cupcakes were really good. Oh. That sounds amazing. Put me in a good place. Sounds <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so I have to say, like, I do get very emotionally involved in movies. Oh, me too. I just really do. I mean, it's, totally. it's but this, yeah. I, I don't typically get that into it when it's more like biopic type mm -hmm. typically just because for me i fall deep into fantasies mm. whereas biopics i'm like well this is based on a true story even though most of them have a lot of fake shit in it mm -hmm. yeah. but and i was doing great in this movie like i'm like oh this is so heavy this is super duper heavy that's okay but dude when he goes i could have got out more i oh. lost my shit i was like sobbing until the end of yeah. like literally until the credits were like yeah. I lost yeah. it yeah. and then him sure. just breaking down saying this car could have bought ten I'm like stop I know. it yeah. stop it one at the least yeah. Liam yeah. if you care about me at all you will stop doing this right stop now talking. I just lost it mm -hmm. yeah there was a couple of spaces that I was just like. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ! Like when they got thrown into Auschwitz, mm -hmm. and then uh, they were where they watching, thought that they were they going, they were going to go down, and then yeah. oh, you and know, the mom yeah. holding like they're mm -hmm. both naked and holding yeah. Her yeah. each other. Like I was just, just like, oh my <gasps> god! You know that part killed oh, me. Even even when they got evacuated out, when they were pulling them all out of the ghettos, even right out of their house, like that fucking there was there's a couple moments in there where you just felt the intensity of what was happening in that mm -hmm. moment, and I'm just like I. I couldn't believe feeling being in the middle of something like that, having my wife ripped from me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, to yeah. not even know what the fuck's going on or just have us standing there like we were supposed to and then just yeah. get shot yeah. out of nowhere. There's so many bystanders just got shot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just because. Just because. Just because. It's, it's always in the air. Because you're not you know? a human in the literal sense oh, or whatever else. I, yeah, I said mm -hmm. in the strictest sense. Right. Yeah. Strictest well, and then also that eventually these people became jaded and mm -hmm. accepted that they yeah. would potentially die at any moment. Yeah. And that uh -huh. sense of intense, like, loss of, of like, hope or life or whatever. You know that it, you could see these people just become shells, just just trying to survive. Right. It was so yeah. painful And just being to grateful see. for the most messed up stuff where it's mm -hmm. like, oh you Oh, my right. God, right? But you know what's really interesting is, like, throughout all this, like, intensity, there was... The one sense of beauty that I found that came through something like that is the sense of camaraderie and brotherhood between the people that were still surviving yeah. within mm -hmm. that space, Fighters. right? Because they right. do not, they would, they didn't know when the, you know, if a bullet was going to fly at them while they were just working at any given time. Mm -hmm. It's felt to me that they just had a sense of love and um, acceptance and all of those, mm -hmm. all of those things just for each other, just to be completely open and vulnerable with one another so much over um that i don't know that sense of community is just it's it's you know, it's beautiful because of an event like this you know? and it kind of goes back to your point about gratitude i yeah. i i felt that way during the wedding 
mm-hmm. where where they had the, the couple getting married and it's like you know you don't know what's tomorrow but right now you appreciate this person and yeah. you know you want to dedicate your life to this person however long that may be i mean i just that was pretty overwhelming and agreed felt i was glad that they put it in there and i'm glad that they put it in there as an event of joy mm-hmm. for right. them in a place I, of yeah ultimate exactly sorrow. and i was just we like that's so they great consummated that <laughs> that uh, marriage ceremony. Though. Yeah, that that sex scene was deleted out, Amy. I think <laughs> probably it's in the Damn script, it. though. It's in the script. <laughs> it's in the script. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no. But that was. Best. I was glad <laughs> that that was like a happy moment. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. But wasn't that also mm. cut in during the whole like Ralph Fiennes maybe wondering if he's going to sleep with Helen? Mm-hmm. Intercut. Yeah, with, with the with the with also Liam at the exactly that whole thing yeah. was intercut. That was yeah. interesting to have three scenes kind of intercut in a way that worked so well. beautifully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well. Yeah, the editing was amazing. Oh, the crack yeah. of the amazing. ball, the smack in the face, the clap yeah. of the yep. hands, you know yep. what I mean? I was just like, oh, editing, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad, I mean, Steven Spielberg, yeah. he had this, um, the rights to this for like 10 years before he directed it because he wanted to wait till he was older to do it justice. He even tried to pawn it off on other. Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski. He brought in Roman Polanski. He wanted to do it Who originally. Scorsese actually it. was getting ready to go into production with it. Well, he, he thought that a Jew needed to direct mm-hmm. this. Yeah. He, well, well Spielberg finally had his epiphany and was like, okay, I think I'm ready. I'm ready to tell this story now. Yeah, mm-hmm. another director uh, convinced him that he should do it. Well, did you hear why Roman Polanski said no? Because he went through that in as the a kid. same yeah in the same place that happened. So that yeah. scene that was going yeah. on, his and family Spielberg, like was going his through mom that. Died apologized exactly. profusely for it, and yeah, Roman's like, no, you know, like, yeah. don't feel bad about it. But he's like, I'm so you sorry. You didn't know, yeah, you yeah. didn't know. But and then a few years time. later, he made another Holocaust movie, The Pianist. Yeah, yeah The Pianist. Oh, that's a good movie. Oh yeah. yeah. Real thing for that guy with the nose. <laughs> Adrian Brody. I don't care. I know, right? He's a great He's actor. So beautiful. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I thought he was miscast in uh, <laughs> Predators. <laughs> wow, Amy's he, Amy is so excited. <laughs> Devil horns too. Mm. Throwing those up for Adrian Brody. He's on Instagram now. <laughs> He's back on Instagram. He was gone. Now he's back. You know, shockingly, a lot about his social media activity. I know, his moving. I really like what he did with his living room, too, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, man. I think you just just said he's a celebrity stocks people. Not be suspicious. Why do you think I'm in the film industry? (laughs) I do it with. Yeah, I stalk people that don't work for my studio. They (laughs) never suspect me. That's too good. (laughs) Didn't he work for your studio for Predators? Mm, I I thought that was Fox. Might have been. I, mean, I think I see every movie that comes out of that studio, man. I don't know. I think you would know. You would know wasn't, at least what they made. Wasn't across Amy Cordova's desk. Fair enough. All right. I think they knew better. <laughs> it's like, mm-mm. We, yeah. She's like, I only do Oscar winners. According to this restraining order, She's she cannot Oscar work winner. on an Adrian Brody film. That's right. 200 yards away, Missy. <laughs> I'm talking about movies, Amy, not actors. Only work on Oscar winning movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't work on Oscar-winning actors either. Oh, you, you will, Amy. You, no, you will. I'm good. So this went to an interesting place. <laughs> no, no, we needed this, though. So we did. We needed this. this. We did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we can jump into that before okay. we do some trivia. Sure. 
So, Amy, you want to recast this? I can't recast it, Noah. That is a cop-out and a half. I can't do it. These guys were amazing. They were. They Everybody were was so right amazing. And, you know... The you had, okay, fine, Amy. If mm-hmm. you had to make a shitty version of this, who would you cast it? Yeah. Uh, Adam Sandler. <laughs> Jim Carrey. <laughs> the guy that played Ernest. Rob Schneider as Helen Hirsch. <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely. <laughs> no, Adam Sandler, because he does Adam, Yeah, Adam Sandler voices. is both. He's both Helen Hirsch mm-hmm. and Schindler. He's <laughs> like, where's my roast beef? I want my roast beef. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Please don't hurt me, Ralph Fiennes. Oh! <laughs> I'm so scared down here in the cellar. <laughs> the whole time and then you have fucking Rob Schneider you can do it he just comes in out of nowhere oh my god you can do it you can do, you it. Can do it all night long oh man and next alright yeah okay so I was <laughs> son of a we bitch. need this yeah, this true. is super no, escapism I felt myself just slipping into depression just sitting here I'm like <sighs> I need to go I need to go depression eat I'm like where's the nearest buffet Mm. King Taco. Yeah. Where's oh. screw that? Where's the nearest EDM concert? I trip out on some colors. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> touch me, please. Anybody so got simple. the Molly? So beautiful. What you um, got? Oh yeah. Okay. So for the accountant, I was thinking David Paymer, which I could not find a good reference for him of a big movie that was made recently. What well, was a small David movie? Paymer. That he, um, he was the doctor in Bad Teacher. Which I don't remember, mm. but he's the kind of person that you recognize Teacher. because he usually is like an ancillary character. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just look him up. He's a strong supporting. Um. Yeah. And then for Schindler, I thought Sean Bean from he plays Ned Stark yeah. in yeah. Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. And for one Ghost does not sim- one does not simply save a lot of Jews. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, Lord of the Ring reference. I got it. I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. Um, and then for Ghost, I was thinking Char- Charlto uh, Copley from for District 9. Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, Dude, that guy would do a killer do a job, job at that. For which? For, for Ghost. Oh, hell yeah. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. what we were thinking, too. I was like, yeah. damn, that's a good cast. That is a good cast. So that's all I did, though. Um, so for me, I just did Goth and... Um, and Schindler. Uh, Schindler, Michael Fassbender, I think, would fucking murder... Yeah, that part. Yeah. What's he from? Uh, he's, he's Magneto uh, from oh, the X Men yeah. movies. Okay, got it. I think he I would. Need the reference. He would murder that. Um, but to play Goth, I was thinking Giovanni Ribisi. I was thinking that too. That was Dude. one of them. I didn't put that down, but that yeah. was one of them. And to who's he? He's the mogul from Avatar with the money. He's looking for what is it? Uh, if you watch Friends, he's Phoebe's brother. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> How do I know your wife better than you? I don't no, know. She had a fucking lady like, boner for friends that are. I would say that uh, in my age group, almost every female knows all the characters in Friends. All right. Well, almost. there you go. So just mm. reference from Friends. Though. There you go. Nice. Yeah. At least the main ones. All right. I'm still going to But those are the two. Out. Gotcha. Yeah. Michael Fassbender, Giovanni Ruby. Yeah. I had a really hard time with yeah, this. So. Um, but yeah. I have for Schindler, I just put Leo. I think I would like to see him do something. You have a like real thing for him. I yeah. think he's awesome. He's, he's they awesome. share the same haircut and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, not today. You got the JTT going. I, on, I do though. have the yeah. JTT. It's you're long all, enough. It's yeah. You're all home improvementing yeah. over here. I am at this '90s <laughs> fucking table. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, but I just think because you know you want that charismatic guy who can like who everybody loves, but then at the end kind of has like deems himself. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, for for Itzak Stern, the accountant, I have uh, I, this is probably the hardest one for me. Where I'm like, I don't even I don't even know where to go because I didn't know if I wanted to cast old, mm-hmm. if I wanted to cast young, what I want to do. I went with Thomas Middleditch. He is the main guy in Silicon Valley. Really? Yeah, like the one that comes up with. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So what's the Pied Piper? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Why him though? I feel like he's too wiry. Yeah, but I feel dang. like he could. I've seen it's him in bitch. other stuff, and I feel like he could totally tone that down. I don't know if I'd believe him as the accountant, man. I don't think I'd believe him. No. No, man. I'd be. I don't know unless he can come at it with like a very unique, um, like strong demeanor about him. I don't know if I believe it. Man, I, but I didn't see Ben Kingsley's character as really that strong. I thought his power um, and his his way he got stuff done is to have people always underestimate him. No, man. And always kind of come under the radar. Uh, ben Kingsley's fucking ability is in the way that he – what he doesn't say. Well, I, that's what I'm – but I'm just saying, like, he was always kind of seen as without power. And I think that that's where he – that's how. That's what he used to get his way. Mm. All right, well, well, agree to disagree. Well, for for Goth, I have Tom Hiddleston, Loki. Uh, I could see that just because I could see him mm. kind of having. I that. looked at him as he could be a possible. Yeah. Yeah. First, I had Edward Norton, and then uh, I actually went ooh. with Tom. That'd yeah. be an good. interesting choice. Yeah. Tom Hiddleston as Loki playing Ishtak Stern. You want him as Stern? With his trickery, it's true. Uh, for Helen, I have Kieran Knightley because she can kind of play. I felt like she could kind of play that character pretty well. Maybe. So. I feel like we're just recasting imitation game. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So I had no part in this without mm. Benny Cumberbuns yeah. in it. Um, Surprised right. nobody casted Benny Cumberbund. Yeah, I, I almost did, but I don't know. Are he, you a Cumber it, bitch? No, I'm. I'm. He has a cool voice, but I. I could take him or leave him, I guess. But see what, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, same here. His Wait. voice is absolutely amazing. <laughs> I thought of one other person that could play the accountant, which would be Stanley Tucci. Is that how you say Yeah, I could see oh, yeah. that for sure. Yeah. I, Similar look. He was anyway. the one that, I, in my mind, I was thinking of him, but I couldn't remember him. He's from The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that for sure. <laughs> He's or also The from Hunger like, Games. Yeah, Welcome to... Like, or if you want to look up, Mark Strong would have been a good one for this, too. Oh, he yeah. actually... Well, most recently, he was in The Brother Grimsby with uh, Sasha Barrett Cohen. He's the brother. Mm. The bald dude. Mm. Got it. So he's been <laughs> a lot of stuff. So some... some uh, We already talked about a bunch of the trivia about, like, with Roman Polanski. Oh, he... Steven Spielberg wasn't paid for the film. Right. Yeah. So Any money that he made, he gave to the to the Shoah Foundation. Foundation. Yeah. Uh, everything, all residuals, all everything. That's amazing. Everything. So, and to gather the costumes for the twenty thousand extras, uh, the costume designer took out advertising seeking clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they needed money in Poland. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's because what ended economic, up economic conditions, fucked like them. they were happy to sell their clothes yep. that they still mm-hmm. own from the thirties and forties. Yep. Uh, Ralph Fiennes put on, it says, 13 kilograms by drinking Guinness for his role. That's 25 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) And Steven Spielberg cast him for his quote-unquote evil sexuality. Um, And in fact, he was so, he did such a good job in this role that a survivor met him on set and she became like shaking uncontrollably because he reminded her so much of the real guy. and amazing. Mm -hmm. Damn. Wow. 
So, uh, and I love how they got John Williams for the score because it's very an anti-John oh. Williams score too. It was yeah, I didn't even realize that he did that. Right, yeah. My favorite story about him being the the composer for this movie is when they gave him a cut. John Williams watches the cut, right? And he basically, he was so emotionally connected to the material, he walked outside and he was just walking for a little while. He came back and told Steven, it was just like, Mm. I am not good enough to do this. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I'm not the right person for this. And he goes, yeah, but but all the ones that are are already dead. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. How do you say no to that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Spielberg was able to get permission to film inside of Auschwitz, but he chose not to do it out of respect, so they actually built their own Auschwitz. Yeah, I heard that they used uh, Which is mirrors, smart, though. Which because that would have been like, meh. They did like a couple things with like mirrors where they didn't actually like shoot in Auschwitz, but they right. were like projecting it oh, in, right. a, in a different yeah. way, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> I like uh, Steven Spielberg's resolve to make the film. Um, became complete when studio executives asked him why he didn't simply make a donation of some sort rather than wasting everyone's time and money on a depressing film. Dude, if fucking studio bean pushers told me that shit, I'm like, fuck you. And that's what he's just like, this goddamn movie. It's time to make this film. Yeah. Um, Mm. It's crazy. He refuses to autograph anything related to the film. I thought that was pretty interesting. And even when the film was going to be shown in the Philippines because of their censors, they wanted to cut out certain things and certain scenes of nudity and violence. And Spielberg just was like, Mm-mm, nope, it has to be shown as is. And he basically said, if not, we're not going to show it here. And the uh, like, fine Spielberg. Yeah, the president intervened <laughs> and overruled the censors. So mm-hmm. the film is shown without the cuts because it's super, super important. It needs to be seen in its entirety. Yeah, Both Kevin Costner and Mel Gibson wanted to play Schindler and Spielberg um, thought that the presence of a major star would be distracting to the source material well also uh, well so did like harrison ford was offered the part Mm -hmm. and harrison ford told him like no man because i played indiana jones and i'm never people aren't gonna really get the the visceralness of these characters if they're looking at me as indiana jones the whole time Mm -hmm. and steven spielberg everything was super grim even while shooting this that Mm -hmm. for one he asked robert williams to do sketches for him Mm -hmm. to lighten the mood and for two after every day after shooting he'd watch episodes of Seinfeld. seinfeld yeah i thought that was interesting yeah, I thought that that was thanks, Jerry. It's pretty cool. Oh, and it was Billy Wilder, the director that he tried to another one he tried to get to direct this. And Billy Wilder is the director that convinced Spielberg, like, no man, you should do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you need to tell this story. I wonder why Spielberg went around to go give it to other directors. I, I think, think he was afraid. Huh? I think, think he was, he was terrified, terrified of not yeah. doing the justice Good for him, to though, it. man. I think he knew it was probably his story to tell, but he was like, let me just give this to other people first, and if it was meant to be. You yeah, know, maybe well, it'll come back. That's a huge weight to try and Ooh, yeah to try and portray and do justice to the intensity of what this was for people, and it's not, and especially because it's people that are still alive that will see yes. this, that will yes be upset if it's not done properly, and that's such a had so much responsibility, and I'm just glad he had the balls to do mm-hmm. it because I feel grateful, even though it's a very yeah. difficult movie to watch, but that it's so beautiful and intense and you know important well he was a young kid mm. during this whole process basically mm. you know so it's probably really close to home there was an interesting um quote that, that well he's basically said uh that when he thinks about movies that he wants to make it's the ones that scare him the most that he does yeah which i thought was really eye-opening for me as a as a writer and director you know 
And I think one of these movies, it's interesting to see that he went to so many different directors and they just kept telling him like, do it. it. Just yeah. you do it, man. This is you. This is what you need to do. And I think that gave him the vote of confidence to just say, all right, I'm just going to, I'm just going to have to muster through it. And then the fucking bean counter is just like, why don't you just me? Yeah, he's you like, like, oh, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it's super Spielberg shirt yeah. rips off. He's like, let's make this for. <laughs> yeah. And he included it in the deal for Jurassic Park. But he actually said he he was the one saying, like, I need to film Jurassic Park first Mm -hmm. before doing this, because like if I do it the other way around, I'm going to be too wiped. Mm. You know, he actually left two weeks early during the post-production process of Jurassic Park to start this one. Mm. And they did it over satellite, like all the notes and everything for the last two weeks of post-production. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. And the last one I picked I thought was super interesting and kind of ironic, in my opinion is uh, at Steven Spielberg's request, Aaron Sorkin was brought in to do a dialogue wash on an excessively wordy script. Mm. And I found that super ironic because Aaron Sorkin's scripts are like unbelievably wordy. Yeah, but I think at the same time, Aaron Sorkin has like a way of a rhythm, a rhythm within the dialogue. Exactly. And he's able to take things that feel very dialogue heavy and succinctly put them and make them feel very colloquial, yeah. you know, within the writing. So I like, I can see that. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Sure. Um, yeah. So mm. that's that's the trivia that I have. So let's go around. Uh, does it still hold up as one? And it's the most, I think to date, it's the most recent film to be put into the AFI's top 100. It just okay. recently got put in there. Well, no, I mean like it's the most recent. Because it was made in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, 93, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, so I don't think any film after that has been put in the top 100. Oh. Um, but so does it still hold yeah. up as one of the best films ever? And Can we all just have a unanimous yeah. yes? Is that easy? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. It, yeah, and I think, it's, I think <laughs> also it's one of the most important films oh, ever yeah. made. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just everybody needs to. It's on a mm-hmm. bunch of lists of movies you have to see before you die, and it's like yeah. you should see it way before that. Cause I feel like, <laughs> yeah. but I, because I feel like it gives you a perspective that you might not have and i think Mm -hmm. it might open your eyes to other things going on around the world and make you just more aware of what's happening i mean i think it's so easy for all of us to like be inside of our own shit all the time Mm -hmm. that i think this might i don't know maybe might open you up to be like wow there's a lot else out there put things in perspective yeah Yeah, like the perspective Mm -hmm. oh yeah I'm kind of curious if there's going to be a movie in our generation that comes out like this. Yeah, I wonder. You know? I mean, you can't foresee the future within that, but I'm kind of curious to see if there's going to be something that comes out that really kind of depicts a moment of humanity that was... Do you think filmmakers now are even brave enough? You know what I did? I don't know if it's filmmakers that aren't brave enough, because I feel... I I think think it's the the studios. Because That's I feel like it, do- this wouldn't be made if it wasn't by Spielberg. If it wasn't someone who's proven himself and made a shit ton of money right. for a lot of studios. I mean, because you look at his movies now. Well, they you, told him no, basically, anyway. Yeah. They told, they told him, why him are you no, doing like, No, no. I'm no. still going to. Exactly. But, like, you look at his movies now where, like, yeah, he has his big budget. He kind of is a big picture guy. Mm-hmm. He's always been a big picture guy. And I feel like, you know, you see his movies that are escapism, fun, um, fantastical, super cinematic. And then he does these movies where I feel like these are the movies he really wants to do. Like Lincoln, Bridge of Spies. These are movies that it's just like it 
feels like they're complete mm-hmm. opposite, but they're not really when it comes to Spielberg. But it's like those are the stories he really wants to tell. Right. And that's what really excites him. He does these that, he, and he does, he doesn't phone in his action stuff, but he does that so he can make these. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the you, until you get another. He plays director. the game really well. Yeah, and he, the, and really he has from he the knows. start. He knows. You know, and I think that that's man. really important. And I think I I don't know. That's a great question that you have. I do not know if that's going to happen, and or if they're going to stick to their guns and just straight up tell a studio, mm, "You want this note? Guess what? Not going to do it." Well, I think too. Like that's what's great about film festivals now. You know, you got Tribeca and. Um, Sundance and South by Southwest, you get a lot of these filmmakers that are brave to kind of come through. Because I, I feel very strongly that there are really great filmmakers totally. out there that just don't get the light of day just right. yet. You know, because yeah. of the studios and what's going on right now in the industry. I think it was really just going to come down to if the studios are brave enough to do it. Because mm-hmm. I bet you there's movies out there that are just as powerful with all the Syrian things going on, the refugee scenarios going on in the Middle East, and all that type of stuff. Well, the, there's been. All kinds of different genocides or near totally. genocides in a lot of different areas of the mm-hmm. world. And Even it 9/11, just, you know. Yeah. Could that story be eventually be told in such a way that it would really capture? Or even like moment. the genocide in Darfur, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because we don't know much about that. Well, I mean, even coming at it from like a like an American soil type of scenario, mm-hmm. like you kind of hit the nail on the head with like 9/11. I don't feel like there was a 9/11 movie mm-hmm. that has really depicted the visceralness of that moment you know what i mean i feel like it it, it, the people that took on making that movie in my opinion it felt like a fucking lifetime movie or a hallmark over dramatized poor acting i don't think there was something that really connected us to the material that they're trying to make because it was a very unique moment of our history that we've gotten to live through because we didn't live through world war ii you know i think that would be our but maybe enough not enough time has gone by since you know since that i mean maybe it just needs to be told you know 15 years from now or something i don't know all right guys i'll do it when i'm 45 just do it (laughs) no i know what you mean that they're Mm -hmm. it's still so raw and so intense that it's hard to take the to i think to for someone to process and Mm -hmm. fully be able to express all the varied emotions and events right. and everything that went on the assimilation we're still trying to assimilate what the hell happened yeah and yeah. to yeah to handle those emotions mm-hmm. oh, and you so many people on dynamic ends of that event right you got the tin foilers and then you got the people that are just like screw the middle east screw these people screw these fuckers you know like it's still very it's a political mm-hmm. topic yeah. totally too where too soon yeah. mm-hmm. I think but, and too. i also feel it would be too over dramatized and certain facts are changed to be convenient now in this movie you know it wasn't it was a different guy instead of uh stern stern wasn't the guy in real life who made the list mm. it was some other person some other real life person in fact not a lot or there were some jews who didn't like the actual accountant at all because he, they because uh, allegedly he would take bribes from survivors to to take people off of Schindler's list and put their families mm. in oh, it. Yeah. Man. So yeah, but so whereas with that, I'm sure there was a lot of that happening. Right. So whereas that is like a change that kind of it's n- because that character or that element really isn't as important as the big narrative. That's why it was kind of changed. I feel like now in biopics, certain things are changed to make it more dramatic. For example, like mm-hmm. the imitation game. The I don't know if you guys have seen this movie. 
Have we seen Imitation Game? game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the 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 British general or whatever that was always breathing down his throat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real life. That dude was supportive of the character. Really? He wasn't breathing oh. down his throat. That wasn't a thing. That was just made to make the story more dramatic. They needed an antagonist. Yeah, they had a timeline that they had to figure this shit out because they were being attacked. But that's not a mon- enough of an antagonist. Right, story. but you need that for for the story. So that wasn't real. Um, in American Sniper, which is a fantastic movie, but it's n- sorry, it's not a biopic because they changed so no, much yeah. in that. It's not. Um, it's not even, even like it. Yeah, based on the story, but like in that, there was some like um, other sniper for the bad guys who like they had this adversary where it's like, oh, that person didn't exist at all. Mm-hmm. Like I was just straight up made change. up for the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's just now it has to be dramatized in a way to like raise the stakes. Well, and I think that that's probably why there haven't been very many movies that have been added to this big, wonderful list of movies and Mm -hmm. why, you know, 9-11 movies or whatever have not been successful is that I think that people are trying so hard to grab our attention or to Mm -hmm. be the next big Mm -hmm. thing and they're missing what actually draws a person into a movie, which is, you know, having, like we were talking about whether it was in Schindler's List or like we were talking about in uh, like what Tom Cruise did as an actor and just showing all those um, how complex we are and to see and relate to that without even thinking about it. Because you don't need it. Yeah. And so all these all these changes and all these over dramatized things end up detracting from that human feeling that helps 100%. us love movies. Well, we want we want complex characters in our stories. I you know, we want the guy that um kills somebody in the bar and then walks outside and pets the dog. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what we want exactly, you know. So and I yeah, feel I mean, like yeah. But I mean, I is that do we always need that? I mean, cuz I think maybe studios think that, but I mean, this movie I feel is just as powerful today. And you don't. I think we that. do want that, though. Whether it's, um, I mean, internally, because that's who we are. You but know it's I mean? that argument of giving us what we want versus giving us what we need. And this was definitely like, you need to see you don't this know what in you this need, form. Noah. That's <laughs> why we need Steven Spielberg to tell us. Jesus. <laughs> well, there's an art right. to creating complex characters. We're all complex human yep. beings. There's nobody that's straightforward. But to create that or show that is challenging and to have it be real. And I think that's what made this movie so great. Kind of interesting. Kind of coming back. No, what was interesting that you were telling me is like the the real guy that was making this list was taking bribes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was one thing that I thought was really subtly done throughout this movie was with um, when they were getting thrown out of the ghettos and things like that. They were they hid. So much of their, it's so weird to me because I was thinking, like, why do they need those? Like, why are they grabbing those? Because they're going to come like, back. They think not they're going to come not, back. I think, to be honest with you, I think it was a way for them to kind of have something of value to bribe because yeah, within this type of space, you know, like everybody was pulling out like their, their gold, their, um, their diamonds, you know, what, whatever they had of value to take with them. That I felt that they were able to use that as a way to, to get through it, to barter, to get through a checkpoint or to get through mm-hmm. where they need to, to get to, you know, Rubber Refuge really was, but they did it in such a unique, subtle way, and then they brought it back because the dude was putting people to get to the his factory, 
he was giving him you know cigarette cases or a lighter yeah, or sure. whatever yeah. and you know even what I mean? he would just he'd even given like bribes even just to the little soldiers exactly. where, yeah. like even that one guy's like here he goes like thank you mr schindler uh-huh. you know i mean he was just bribing everybody he wanted everybody to love him and in the at the end of the day that went a long way when mm-hmm. he was asking this big thing yeah it's like well but he's always been good to us and never asked anything why not what's the harm yeah he's always been giving giving yeah you know? So I just thought it was really interesting because subtly, if you watch the movie, those little moments happen throughout. Um, and I was like, oh, that's interesting that he put that moment in there knowing yeah. what the real guy was doing. Awesome. Right. Well, I think we did it, you guys. Yeah. Oh, shit. Fuck. Oh I feel like can we all breathe. breathe. Yeah. I feel light and airy. Exhale. All right. Well, so, so next gosh. week, we are okay. going to be uh, switching it up a little bit. Every Ooh. fifth episode, what we're going to do is we're going to be doing our new segment called Block Busted. <laughs> where what, what that is is basically movies because I mean you know Gary and I were talking about this and besides every 10th movie we're still doing the counterpoint episode where we discuss films considered the worst ever made and talking about if that's fair on the other end you have movies that you know that are b- big movies that for some reason just bomb in the box office so a lot of people just write them off as mm-hmm. being horrible where we kind of want to r- take another look at those and try and are figure really out like, that bad? yeah, are they really that bad? Or was yeah. it just maybe the market wasn't ready for it? Right. Maybe they were poorly marketed, things like All that. Right. So we're going to go movies that lost a lot of money for their studios. Okay. And why not start with the one that lost Here the most go. for their oh studio, God, the Lone Ranger. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. We will see you All next right, time. With <laughs> All right. The also, just like Schindler's List, very culturally sensitive movie. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Depp as a Native American in whiteface, ironically. Oh. <laughs> great. So that's going to be great. So yeah, so okay. we will see you next time for awesome. The Lone Ranger. Can't Bye. Wait. Adios. <laughs>